Hey, this is Christian Golden. Welcome to our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you. I hope it builds you up. Enjoy the message. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I said it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. Amen. I said I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. I can't hear you all. I said I'd rather be here. Bless God. Than the best hospital in town. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know about all that stuff he said, but bless God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to be alive. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the power of his might. Amen. Amen. I said it's good to be in the power of his might. Amen. Amen. It's good to have the Holy Ghost residing in me. Amen. 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 Maybe y'all sleep a little bit. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to be preaching from uh, 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 24. And so the last time I was here, I preached my whole message, and I turned around, and I found that the Scripture was on the wall. So, so this time I'm going to give them a chance to get there. Amen. Glory to God. So, so I, I, want to, uh, uh, I want to dedicate my message to Pastor Paul this morning. He was a, a dear friend of mine. He was a dear friend of mine, and uh, uh, I truly miss him, amen, and I know y'all miss him, but bless God, he's in a better place, amen, Amen. hallelujah, amen, amen, there's no sickness, no suffering, amen, no sighing, no crying, Amen. amen, glory to God, amen, 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 so, so Paul, in a Roman prison, witnessed to folk around him, won him to the Lord, and it's believed that this fellow went to Colossians, started this church. Paul never visited this church. And he's writing this letter to encourage them to stay true to the faith and not to give in, not to be lured in to the false teaching of the day. And he's using his life as an example and he's telling these folk through this letter all the sacrifice that he's made for the service of God. And when I, when I read this letter, I thought about Pastor Paul. And I thought about all that he gave up and all that he endured and all the sacrifices. Uh, uh, some of y'all uh, uh, may not know this, but you know, I was in the hospital room when the doctor came in and told Pastor Paul, if you can't afford the treatment, the hospital will pay for it. 
Now, 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 some of y'all work and you're on a job and, and you have insurance and when you go to the doctor, you, you pay a copay. But, but here was your pastor fighting for his life. Amen. Bless God, he, he didn't have Cigna or Blue Cross, but what he had was the power of God working in him. And, and so I, I, I just want to encourage you and, and, and maybe give you a glimpse at his life through the Apostle Paul. You know, oftentimes in Western civilization, when we read the Bible, we skip over stuff because we don't understand it. Oftentimes what we think has no meaning at all is the richest text of all. Oftentimes, we, we hear folks say stuff and, and we repeat it, never understanding what the text really means. Here, here, here's, a, here's a good example. Everybody knows this verse. God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But if you go read the text, that's not what it says. But that's what you hear. What it really says is this, that God shall supply your needs according. Paul wasn't talking to himself. He was talking to the church at Philippi. Why? Because they were the only ones that gave to his need. Amen. And so Paul is sending them a letter saying, what? God will supply your needs. Amen. Not my needs, your needs. So oftentimes when we... When we, when we read the Bible, when we're studying it, we, we, when we don't understand something, we, we skip over it. This text this morning is one of those texts that, that seemingly seem to be unimportant, that seem to have no power, no revelation, no impact. And when, I, when, when, when God gave me the text, I, I was kind of wrestling with them, saying, can't you come up with something better than this? I'm, I, I, I'm, but, but upon studying it, I found the power of the revelation in the text. Here we go. Verse 24. It says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church and filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God that is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifest to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of his glory of this ministry among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we might present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Amen. I, I want to pull my, my title from the text, The Hope of Glory. The hope of glory. The, the word hope in the Greek means uh, expectation. 
Amen. Amen. And if I put the word with its original meaning in the text, it means I have an expectation of an inheritance in God. Amen. And so the teaching that, that, that erupted in the church of this day was Gothism. And what they believed was is that God was good, but matter was evil. And Jesus was an emanation created or came from God, and that he was not God. And the only way to obtain salvation was to gain a higher knowledge of Scripture. They believed that the more revelation of Scripture they had, that, 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 that the more they could be saved and they could attain salvation through works and not through the grace of God. If you go back and you look at every religion on the face of this earth, they all believe in God, but they all do something different with Jesus. I've come to proclaim like millions of times right in this very church, right at this very, that, that you are saved not by works but by grace. Nothing that you did of yourself but everything that God did for you. In fact, you didn't choose God but God chose you. I, I, I don't think that you understand uh, uh, the enormousness of that statement. Amen. So, so in the Bible, Jesus said that everything was created, and without me, nothing was made. He, 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 he says in the book of John, amen, that before time was, there I was. Amen. The, the Bible says that, amen, that, that all power has been given to him in heaven and in earth. I, I, if you go back and you look in the, the book of Proverbs, you, you'll see where, where Jesus, bless God, he put one foot on dry land and one foot on water and spoke to the water and told the water not to pass this commandment. I, I, what I'm, Brother Robert, what are you trying? I'm telling you, that's what resides in you. That's what resides in you, the power of God through the Holy Ghost of God. That's what resides in you. Amen. That's what resides in, I said, that's what resides in you. Maybe my microphone is not high enough. I said, that's what resides, bless God, in you. Amen. You're a child of the most high God. And when he looked down, bless God, through time and eternity, he handpicked you, amen, to be a son and a daughter of God. Amen. My, 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 amen. Every time I come, I, I tell the same story. Because I want folk to know why I get excited about God. Amen. Amen. I remember I, I was preaching one time and this little old lady, she took her crooked finger and she said, Sonny, Jesus never did all that hooping and hollering you did. I said, no ma'am, he did, but everything he touched jumped for joy, bless God. Everything God touched jumped for joy, bless God. Amen. And so Paul, amen, in his, in his state, bless God, of confinement, 
gets the revelation of God. This is what he says. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. The word suffering means to endure stress or in unpleasant conditions. It's not the same suffering that Jesus did on the cross. It's not the same word. It, 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 it's, it, it's not about suffering the pains of death. It's about suffering the, 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 the attacks of the enemy or the pains of life or, or the pain or the stress or the trouble that comes with being called a man to be a man of God with a plan of God, with a call of God on your life. He, he, he says, I've endured some hardships for your sake. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll bet you that there's probably not five people in this room that, that understood the attack your pastor went through every Saturday night before he got ready to preach. How, how the enemy tried to destroy everything he had for the cause and the sake of the gospel, for the call that was on his life. Amen. But if he could testify this morning, <laughs> I, I'll bet you he would tell you, I wouldn't change a thing, amen. I wouldn't change a thing. Amen. You used to be old, old gospel song, you know, before the whinings and, you, you know, all the new gospel that comes out, amen, that says, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I, I wouldn't turn back, amen. I, amen. I wouldn't, what am I going to turn back to? Hell. Separation from God. Well, what's there to turn back to? Hey, we're on the right road, bless God. And we have a hope, amen, in us. with an expectation, bless God, that at the end we have an inheritance in God. First Peter 3.15 says this, it says, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks to give an account for the hope that is in you. Being ready to make a defense for the expectation of the inheritance of the gospel that's in you. You know, in, 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 in the Old Testament, Jewish rabbis. So, 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 so today in, in the modern church, amen, we... we we, we regard God as, as God and, and Jesus as God and the Holy Ghost as God and we, we kind of lift them up, rightly so. Uh-huh. And, and then like right underneath them, amen, we, we have the Bible, amen. And we, we honor it and use it as a roadmap for life and rightly so. And then right under the Word of God, uh, we have the man of God. And when, when we're not raising six kinds of hell with them, we, we honor them. And, and rightly so. 
But, but in the Old Testament, in, 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 in Jewish history, they, they don't separate or segregate those areas. They regard the Word of God as God. Because what the Jewish rabbis say, that if God spoke it, then, it, then, then it's God-breathed, and it deserves the same reverence as the physical presence of God. And, and they don't regard uh, one above another. They regard them as equal. And, and you say, well, what's your point? Here, here's my point. That, that oftentimes we believe in the world that God has to physically invade our spot for something in our life to change. But, but baby, let me tell you something. All God has to do is think about, think about helping you. <laughs> All he's got to do is think about it. All he's got to do is look down in your direction. And it's enough to dispatch every angel, every blessing, everything that God has coming your way. He doesn't physically have to invade you. But, but, but by the gift, amen, of the Holy Ghost, he's already here. That's what Paul is telling this church. And he's saying that the afflictions and the sacrifices that I have made, I have made for your sake or for your benefit. The, the, the things that I've endured in my life for the sake and the cause, the, the hardship, the imprisonment that I'm in this very second while I'm writing this letter is not for me, but it's for you. I remember when I was visiting Pastor Paul in the hospital. It was interesting. I went there to encourage him, and he encouraged me. I, I, I went there because what you may not understand is that there's nowhere for a pastor to go. Where's he going to go when he needs when he needs some help? When he when he's discouraged? When he needs to talk to somebody? There's no place for him to go. And so I went to Pastor Paul. I had some things in my life that I I wanted to talk about. And bless God, he he encouraged me. And when it was all over, he he told me clearly. He 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 said, Brother Robert, I I've got no fear about dying. He said, my concern is only for my wife. Paul is telling this church that he doesn't have any regard for his life as life because he has an expectation of an inheritance and his only regard, his only concern is for the people that God gave him the shepherd. That's pretty serious right there. He says, and in my flesh, I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. So, so at first glance, when you read this, 
you would get the impression that the text is implying that what Christ did on the cross was insufficient. But that's not what Paul is saying. The word, the word here in, in the Greek for afflictions is uh, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. And it means distress, pressure, or trouble. And Paul is saying that in this state that I'm suffering for your behalf or for your sake, I'm not adding or taking away from what Christ did on the cross, but because Christ lives in me through the power of the Holy Ghost, when I suffer, Christ suffers. <laughs> Let me help you. Look at me. Let me help you. So while your ministry may not be a pulpit ministry, you have a ministry. Everybody in this place has been called to do something. Everybody's been called. Your job might be your ministry. Your family might be your ministry. You might be a missionary. Amen. You, 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 you might be called to minister to somebody at the corner store. But somewhere in your life, God has called you to do something besides be a container for the knowledge of the Word of God. I remember one time I was in the prison preaching, and, and uh, uh, I didn't get quite the introduction I got today, but it was pretty good. And, and so, uh, uh, amen. And so I, I remember somebody said, Brother Robert, I know you got a word. And my response is, what did you do with the last word you got? What did you do with the word that you all, what, you, what, what are you doing with the word that's in your heart? Are, are, you, are you just a container for the knowledge of God so at the, at, at, when it's time to go meet the Lord, you can boast about the knowledge. Are you doing anything with the knowledge that you have? Are you working the work in your life? Are, are you waiting for the conditions to be right? Are you waiting for everything in your life to line up so you can step out and operate in the gift and faith of God? Paul was in a prison cell writing the revelation of God for the sake of the people that God gave him charge over. I wonder how many nights Pastor Paul stayed up praying for the people that God gave him care over. <laughs> I wonder how many times he missed family events for the cause and the sake of the God, for the cause of the thing that he gave his life for. I wonder how, how many times he took money out of his pocket and gave to people so that they could pay a bill or, or, or have something they needed only to have them turn around and cuss them out. <laughs> I, 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 I want to paint you a picture of the dedication and service that your pastor had. I want you to understand that, that, that the call of God is not easy on a person's life. 
Paul says that this distress, this trouble in my life, in my body, is not for my sake, but it's for your sake. Verse 25 says this, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship of God. Bestow it on me for your benefit that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. Paul says, I, I'm getting a revelation of the revelation. Paul, uh, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The Bible said that he'd been, he'd been whooped, he'd been shipwrecked, <coughs> he'd been bit by snakes. Everything you could do to someone's been done to Paul. The Bible says that he was on the road to Damascus looking for church folk to kill, and Jesus arrested him. Let me tell you something. When you meet Jesus face to face, when you hear the call of God in your life, when you hear God calling you, you cannot mistake his voice for the devil. Don't be deceived. Now don't, you cannot mistake the call and the voice of God in your life for the devil. When Paul, who was definitely not working, amen, for God, killing his people, when he met Jesus on that road, he said, Lord, is that you? And Jesus said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Because when you persecute the church, when you persecute the people of God, you persecute Jesus. So, so, so Paul says that because of this revelation, because of this call in my life, now I'm getting a revelation th that's personal in my body. So, so, so in other words, I, I realize that some things in the natural have happened to me because I've become a Christian. But he said, not only now are they happening because I'm a Christian, but I'm starting churches. I, I've been given this anointing uh, of the inspired word of God. And, and so now I, I have this warfare going on around me and in me, not because of me, but for the sake or the cause of the gospel. That divine, that divine revelation is in connection with the call of God on Paul's life that produced warfare, pressure, or trouble in the spirit which manifested itself in the natural. Paul said this calling on my life has produced a warfare in the natural that has caused great distress and pressure and uncomfortableness in my life. It's caused me to be in prison. It's caused me to be shipwrecked. It's caused me to go before the kings of the day. It's caused me to be beaten. It's caused me to lose everything that I have. I've given my life for the cause and the sake of the gospel. Do we really think about all Pastor Paul gave for this church? I tell you, I came today to admonish and to encourage a life that was lived for God. Not, not perfect, 
Not perfect. But a life that was lived for God. My, my sons, all my kids are good athletes, but I have a middle son that uh, he was a good baseball player and he was a good football player. And we live in Pearland, and right before you get to high school in baseball, they have what they call a Mickey Mantle team. And on his select team, everybody made the Mickey Mantle team but him. And he, he came home distraught from school one day. And, and he said, Daddy, I, I just need some encouragement. He said, Daddy, I, I'm just, I'm feeling low and I'm feeling unloved and I'm feeling unappreciated. And, you know, I know I'm a good player. And I just don't understand. I said, okay. I said, sit down. And I said, well, son, we can safely say that we don't know what the perfect will of God is in this situation. He, he said, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you, Daddy. I said, but we can certainly see what God has allowed. He said, okay, I, I'm with you. I said, then my response to you, son, is why would you want to be somewhere God has not allowed you to be? He said, Daddy, can't you come up with nothing better than that? <laughs> I don't feel any better. <laughs> I don't feel much better after that talk. So they went on. In football, they have a thing called seven-on-seven, seven, and they passed them by for that too. And he came home and he said, Dad, could you encourage me again? I said, remember the baseball story? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, well, it's pretty much the same story. All those seven-on-seven seven players went. They don't play with pads or nothing like that. They all came back with broke ankles, broke hips. All, all, I mean, all, like it seemed like the whole football team was hurt some kind of way. I, I said, do you see how God's looking out for you? He said, yeah, but I still want to play. I said, I know you want to play. And so the point of the story is that God can see things you can't see. God has an expected end and purpose for your life. And even though it doesn't look like Things are working out like you expected them to work out. What I must understand and rely on, amen, that, that because of the call of God, because of the faith of God, because of the Spirit of God in me, I must understand that everything is going to be okay. That I, I am not without hope, but I have an expectation that God is working on my behalf. And I, I bet you if Pastor Paul could 
testify today, he would say, life was too short and there's things that I wanted to do. There's places that I wanted to take this church. There's things that I wanted to incorporate. There's lessons and sermons I wanted to preach. There's people I wanted to bring along. There's still things that I wish I could have done. But, but, but I've just come to tell you that, that God knows. Amen. That God knows. You, you know, the Bible says in the book of Acts, so, so I'm going to say this and then y'all get mad at me. That's okay. Amen. I won't be back for a while. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I know that, that, I, I that y'all believe, because it's human nature, that, um, that, that the singing and all the hard work of the choir and all the decorations and, and uh, all, all the technology and the paint and amen. The good preaching of your visiting guests, amen. Make the church grow. But the reality or the fact of the matter in the book of Acts, the Bible says that God added to the church as he desired daily. And the reality is that this is God's church Amen, not your church, amen. And, and so if you go back and you look at the old tabernacle, amen. I, I know I'm getting off my text, but Blaze, you know, if you go back and you look at the old tabernacle, the Bible said that God sat on a throne. He drank from a chalice, amen. That, that there was curtains that were purple and gold, bless God, amen. He told old Moses, I want you to get out a pen and some paper, and I want you to write down, bless God, amen, what my tabernacle, what my house ought to look like so I can inhabit the place, amen, that you built for me. I could, I could just see old, old Pastor Moses now. Bless God. He's got a board and a nail, and, he, and he's fixing to, and God said, no, two inches over, one inch up. Bless God. Why? This is my house. Amen. Amen. This is my house. Bless God. And, and so the problem that we have today, amen, is that this house looks like you and me. <laughs> Help me, God. Huh? This house looks like you and me. Bless God. Hey, amen. God don't sit on a chair, but he sits on a throne. Amen. Huh? God don't drink from a water bottle. He drinks from a chalice. Bless God. And so the, the, the house, amen, that they built for God, it looked like God. Amen. It resembled God. But he didn't need no air conditioner. Bless God. Amen. Why? Why? Because it looked like the inhabitant of God. I, I want you to understand now that God resides uh, in you by the power of the Holy Ghost, baby, you don't look like, huh? You look like God. You have the nature and the will of God in your life. Baby, you don't look like what you've been through. You don't look like divorce. You don't look like sickness. You don't look like distress. You don't look oppressed, depressed. You don't look sad, but you look like the thing that inhabits your body. Now y'all looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. What in the world is that boy talking about? Well, amen, it's right there in your Bible. I don't have a trick one. Paul, Paul says this in verse 26. He said, that is the, midst, the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints. What's the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The, the ministry 
the, the mystery is, is, is not that I need to obtain a higher knowledge of Scripture. The mystery is this, that, that, that Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. The, the, the mystery that has now been revealed to the saints, not just to the Jews, but to Gentiles as well. Amen. That, that includes me and you, bless God. Amen. We're, we're Gentiles. We're, we're not Jews. Amen. And so the mystery that, that, that Paul is telling these folk that have this false teaching, that, that I must by works again, a higher knowledge of Scripture. Why? Because I'm in a select group of folk, amen, and now that I'm in the select group, I've obtained something that nobody else has. It's a lie of the devil. And, and, so, and so Paul says the mystery that has been revealed to the church, to the saints, is this, is that Jesus, the hope of glory, lives and resides in you by the Spirit of God. Amen. And that, and that mystery, amen, is that God is fully man and he's fully God. Amen. He laid his deity aside and he came down 42 and two generations through the world of, of, of Mary. Amen. And he came from eternity and popped out into time. Amen. Let me tell you something. Every devil, every demon, every devil. Amen. Every foul spirit was put on alert. Why? Amen. Oh, look here, baby. T.D. Jakes wasn't coming to town. Kenneth Copeland wasn't here. But the son of almighty God stepped, uh, bless God, from eternity into time. And, and Paul is saying that's what resides uh, in you. And your knowledge and your, 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 your teaching of Scripture is a direct result of the grace and the gifts of God in you. Fully man and fully God. He, he, he was man enough to be born of a virgin. But he was God enough not to be conceived by man. He, he was man enough to die the most gruesome death known to humanity. But he was God enough to take away the sins of the world. He, he, he was man enough to lay in a borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, but he was God enough to get back up. Amen. 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 And your Bible declares that he sits on the right hand of the Father ever to make intercession for the saints. Can, can, can you understand and comprehend through the depth of your mind that every trial, every tribulation, every sickness, every attack, every foul spirit, everything that, that has produced uh, uh, enough energy to attack your life, listen to me, everything that has produced enough energy to attack you, to, to form some kind of warfare against the God in you, that Jesus, 
is interceding for you. He, he, he not only saved you by his works, he, he not only wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, but, but he prays for you on a consistent basis according to the will and the plan. Why? Because he understands, amen, your perfect end, amen. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the Holy Ghost prayed for you with two words too deep to be uttered <clears throat> because he knows the counsel, the plan, and the will of God for your life. Why? Because he is God. So he can, play, he can pray according to the call of the will. The key, he can pray according to your expected end. I'm wondering how many lonely Saturday nights Pastor Paul counted on the fervent, reverent prayer of God in his life when it seemed like the world was against him. When, when, when it seemed like he didn't have enough money to pay the light bill, but God, in his grace and mercy, I, I, I can remember when, when I came to God, I had two or three boatloads of trouble. I, I, I mean, I was in bad shape, bless God. And, and I can remember like the first 20 years of Christianity was fighting just, just to stay equal, <laughs> just to maintain some sort of levelness for that day, just to stay on top of the attack that the enemy orchestrated in my life. <clears throat> one day, I don't know, maybe you're not here yet, but one day I woke up and everything was just okay. <laughs> everything was just okay. Amen. I didn't have a lot of money in the bank, but I had some money in the bank. Amen. Amen. My car wasn't the best, but it was okay. Amen. My house wasn't the biggest in my neighborhood, but it was okay. Amen. My furniture didn't look the greatest, but it was okay. Amen. Everything was just okay. And I realized one day that, that, I, that, that, that I had nothing left to fight for. And so I found myself in a peculiar spot. And so instead of turning all of my spirituality outward, I turned it inward. And I began to acquire and inquire about the things of God. I began to find out that God loved me more than my car and my sofa and my TV. I began to understand that God loved me more than the battle that seemingly seemed to be bigger than life that was in front of me at that time. I began to understand that with an undying and unfading love that God loved me in all my imperfections and in all of my cruelness and all of my craziness that God loved me. And he didn't call us because we're good. 
He didn't even call us because we're willing. He, he called us out of his sovereign and divine plan. Hey, this is Christian Golden. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'd like to ask you to do a couple things for us. The first is to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with everything going on here at LCC. Also, you can help us reach others around the world by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and have a great day.